There we go. Y'all are wondering why I have a stick. Is this? This is the right proportion, I think. If you read the meme up there. Can you read it? The actual photo of your pastor trying to cram all the wonderful biblical insight from his studies into a 30-minute sermon. I think this more adequately describes me, right, Jerry? No? Jerry sends me some funny memes, uh, and uh, I thought I'd better share that. What do you think? That size or this? I thought about bringing a big old plank and carrying it in here, but I never got it done. All right. Yeah, you guys are a hard crowd today. Everybody's half asleep. No, no laughing. All right, that's all right. We'll just keep moving on then. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, just the privilege to be able to study your word together, to worship you together. Um, Lord, also that we can um, hopefully build relationships in which we're willing to challenge one another in our growth, um, to grow uh, together in you and become that or continue to be that light, that witness to, to those around us. Lord, help us to know how to be there for one another, how to challenge and encourage, and, and yes, sometimes to um, correct our, our brothers and sisters, but only, Lord, uh, all of this done in love. And so we pray, Lord, that you would help us today as we look at some of these reminders um, Help us to, to just be a, a people that's committed to following you, um, that as much as we commit to many other things uh, for the betterment of our health or, or the use of our time, that we would also commit to um, better ourselves in our walk with you. And uh, Lord, just thank you that we have uh, yet another year, another day, uh, that we have the opportunity to serve and follow and walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we already read a little bit ago, 1 Peter 1, 14, 1, 13 through 19, and I want to draw your attention back to that passage, 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16, I want, to, want you to look at, to draw your attention to, um, and, and I should have included verse 13 because prepare your mind for action and then keeping your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. But verse 14 says, As obedient children, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. And I think it's very important for us to remember being conformed is, is something that happens when we just sit there, kind of like osmosis, it just happens. When we allow uh, ourselves to fall back into those old bad habits or patterns, where we allow ourselves to, to soak in what the world says and what the world does, and even what our sinful nature desires, that's being conformed. But, verse 15, like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, your conduct. Verse 16, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. You know, I recently heard the statement that things uh, we have plenty of are not valued. 
What do you think? If you don't have it or, or you don't have as much of whatever it is, then, then, then you are more apt to value it more. I, I know that's true when I have lots of water or I don't have any water. Anybody been there? If I have a lot of water sitting there in the pickup or in the van as we travel, hey, I'm not thirsty. But when I don't bring along that water, I am very, very thirsty. The challenge for us is that God wants us to value our time and our lives so that we do what is right with our time and our lives. He wants us to value what Jesus did for us. And and as you read down in this passage farther, we we are reminded of the great price that Jesus made in his sacrifice for us to be redeemed. But God wants us to value what he has done for us. And, and so some of you, you know what these are, right? I, got a, I have a couple of them in, in my bag. We, we received them in the mail. My wife um, lovingly stuffed them all in my computer case. <laughs> so I have a bunch of calendars in my computer case. Lee, you do something with these. They're, they're all over the place. We don't value them as much when we have a lot of them, right? Anyway... Uh, one of them is uh, from Ethnos 360. And, and when I turn the page, what do we have here? An, a calendar with a lot of days on it, right? January, that's what we're in, right? You're like, man, that's a long ways out. Let's see, when's the 4th of July this year, right? Yeah, the 4th of July, that's a long ways out. It's on a Tuesday. It's a long ways away. But I thought last 4th of July was a long ways away, and it's, what, six, seven months ago? Do we value our days? So I've got two empty calendars here. The one calendar I like is in uh, North Platte Stockyards feet, uh, you know, the sale barn. They have some nice pictures on theirs. But here's a cow. There you go. Reminds me of the, when I'm sitting in my office, I can think I'm outside in the sunshine, what month is that? May. All right. It's coming too. Where's our seniors? Any seniors? I think yeah, Caleb's a senior. Silas is a senior. Senioritis set in yet? Counting the days? No? Well, it's going to come quickly. I remember my senior year. That was just a couple years ago. But anyway, I got a lot of empty days here in my planner, right? I get my old planner, look back, and I can see all the things that I did do that I forgot I did or should have done. The point being is, it will go quickly. And so we have our New Year's resolutions. We think about, well, what do we want to accomplish this next year? Or you're like me, I don't really get there anymore. I do know what I try, I, I pray about and try to plan out what the Lord would, would want us to learn together as I preach from the pulpit. And as I considered, you know, what needs to be done this next year, on version, they had a little 
thing that popped up and reminded us some things that we could do to read the Bible and to grow in the Word of God. And it reminded me it's always important for us to go back to the basics, isn't it? Right? Go back and look at what we as believers, as those who want to walk with Jesus daily, who ought to want to be more like him, what we should plan to do, what we should commit to do. And then I saw the book on my shelf, Spiritual Disciplines. And so, as I looked at this passage, there's another passage in Galatians we could look at and say, well, this is my vision for growth. Galatians, right? Galatians, what, five something? Fruit of the Spirit. We want to walk in the Spirit. What? 522, the fruit of the Spirit is, we know the song, right? But do we have, do we have this fruit in our life? Where are we? Where have we been? Where do we need to go? How do, should we grow in godliness? So there's a lot of passage, passages we could look at that could give us a vision that will help us to value our time, um, that will help us to value the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Today I want to, again, briefly, you know, go over, right? Just I'm going to briefly... This will fit in my van pretty easy. Briefly go you know, through some key spiritual disciplines today. And so the challenge for us today is be spiritually disciplined so that we can grow in our Christ-likeness or godliness in this new year and yet another year. Okay, How many of you have ever read the Bible? You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you have ever read all the way through the Bible? I think that should be a goal. How many of you read it in a year? I believe that should be a goal. The first key to, to grow in godliness is Bible consumption. Okay, Just because I put it number one, it's not the most important, but it is crucial. Because okay? prayer is just as important as Bible consumption. When you consume something, you're tankied it in. Joshua 1.8. Some of you have memorized these two verses. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way uh, prosperous and then you will have success. So some key things as we, or some key principles in studying the Word of God or consuming the Word of God or ways that we can be thinking about it all the time. Um, one is we should hear it. <laughs> messages here on Sunday morning, uh, messages, you know, as you talk through it in Sunday school or a Bible study class. We're blessed with the radio and there's TV programs that are have some good, solid Bible teachers. There's some that aren't that good as well, so you have to be cautious. Uh, As a church, we have right now media. And so if you're not putting that to use, you haven't logged in, you can, 
I think we have a slide up there. Look it up and and we can get you the information so you can use that uh, material to grow in the Lord. But we need to hear the word. James 1.22 says, But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves, thinking, hey, I know the whole word of God, I'm good. And yet they don't do it. But we have to get to the point of, I know the word of God. Right? If you've come to the point in your life where you're like me and you realize, hey, I had those verses memorized and now I can't remember and quote them, you know that it doesn't stop. Once you've read through the word of God, you need to do it again. You need to stay in the word of God. You need to continually consume it. But hear it. Read it. If you can't do the Bible in a year and several chapters a day, a verse right? There's many apps that have verse of the day. You read one verse and think upon the verse. Some people have read the Bible in three months. There's those plans out there. You can find them pretty easily. But you need to consume the Word of God. You not only read it, study it. Memorize it. There are Bible apps, or there's phone apps that help you do games where you can memorize Scripture. I think Scripture memorization is undervalued. But very, very profitable for every believer. There's a lot of different methods for that. But once you, you study the Word, as you're studying it, as you memorize Scripture, you can meditate on it. Think upon it. And there's a lots of different methods as you study it, as you think on it, as you memorize it. Write the, the verse, the passage down in your own words. Write down key concepts from that. Spend a little money, buy a new Bible, highlight, mark up, or do that to your old Bible. Mark it up. Someone suggests draw pictures by, by each verse. If there's something that sticks out, what does it make you think of? Or use cert- a key, which is certain symbols mean certain things that will help you, and put those symbols in beside those verses. Some use different highlighters for different, for different colors for different reasons and different passages, what that means to them. Like, this helps me in, in this area, or this helps me in that area. Dealing with different things in your life. Do word studies. Word sticks out. Where else is it used? What does the word mean? There's, there's apps or there's websites you can use. Or I have a Bible program that tells me the original uh, word, the word in the original language, whether Greek or Hebrew, and where it's used elsewhere and the realm of meaning of that word. Which so there it includes cross-references. Another thing that's, that's helpful for us all, in, and yet they're not, you know, when the pastor stands up here and preaches from you, it's a lot like a commentary. Commentaries are good, but just like me, they are fallible. 
Remember, the word of God trumps everything. But use different references, use different study tools, Bible uh, dictionaries, commentators, cross-references, and just take your time. And finally, right, James 1.22. Don't just hear the word. Do what it says. And as you read through it, pray through it and apply it to your life. You know, we all try different, <clears throat> try doing different things at different times in our lives, right? Maybe you've learned an old study method that helped you a lot a few years ago. Go back to it. Go back to some old notes. Journaling is another great way to study the Word of God. But the important reality is that we must grow in the Lord It's like riding a 10-speed bicycle up a hill. If you stop pedaling forward, you're going to start rolling backwards. So keep pedaling your bicycle. The second key to grow in godliness is a persistent prayer life. A persistent prayer life. Colossians 4.2 tells us we are to devote ourselves to prayer. Be devoted to prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Pray continually. There's a couple of different ways that we can implement this, and biblically speaking, one good model for us would be the Lord's Prayer. And as we look at the Lord's Prayer in many other areas of what the Bible tells us to do in those passages as well as 1 Thessalonians, Yeah, worship the Lord. As, as you pray, make sure you're focusing on his, God, his godly attributes, His perfections. Admit. Admit any faults in your life, any sin, any areas where you fall short, specifically anywhere that you have sinned. And request. Make requests, both for others and for yourself. Or I always used acts before war. It's a lot like it. Adoration. It's a lot like worship, right? Adoration. C. So acts. A-C-T-S. C is confession. Confessing sin. T is thanksgiving. It's a part of, you know, when you say worship, that's a part of worship. So admiration and thanksgiving could fall under the W on war. And then supplication is making requests. Requests for intercessory prayer for others and also requests for yourself. And as we pray, another discipline that we could throw in there is fasting. 
That should always and must be a part of your prayer life. I mean, if you're fasting, I'm saying it doesn't mean anything unless you're involving prayer with that fasting. Learn to be quiet. That's tough, right? Learn to be quiet is a discipline. I could go under another area, but in this, it, it, it falls under praying and also thinking upon the Word of God. Never does the Bible say we should empty our minds. That is not good. That is against the Word of God. Meditation is thinking and regurgitating the Word of God, thinking upon the Word of God. But also thinking about life, thinking about where you've been, where you're going, what needs to be done, how God has blessed you in so many ways. Well, for some of us, it's really difficult to be quiet. We got to go do something. It's important to stop, and, and by be quiet, I mean just slow down in your study of the Word of God, slow down and take time to pray. Slow down and think about what God has done in your life. And as you think about all the things around you, take those to the Lord in prayer. Seek His will, His way in it. And for me, it's as I pray a lot of times, oh, I need to do this, oh, I need to do that, oh, I need to go there. Give that to the Lord. Go back to thinking upon the Word of God. And just slow down. But we need to be spiritually disciplined to grow in godliness. And here's, here's a third key for us to grow in godliness. That is, again, worship. But a heartfelt worship. That can be difficult, can't it? Let's go to Ephesians five eighteen through 20. Go to Ephesians. Back up a couple of books of the Bible here from 1 Peter. But Ephesians five eighteen. I did not mark it in my Bible, so I'm getting there here slowly. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Notice those two things are in opposition to one another. So in our walk with the Lord, as we walk with the Lord, we will be filled with the Spirit. And as we're filled with the Spirit, verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms, and hymns and spiritual songs, several varieties of music in worship to the Lord, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Verse 20, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Coming together to worship the Lord God in worship. There's a, other definitions of worship because we can glorify God and all the things that we think, say, and do. But we need to come together and worship Him together with song, with praises, and with thanksgiving. So Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15. Why do we sing in church? Hmm. To praise the Lord, and it's a great way to help us to be centered upon and thinking upon the greatness 
of the Lord God. Verse 18 through 20 of Colossians chapter 3 says, Ah, that ain't right. That's good too. All right. I think it's before that here. Let me, all right. 15. Yep. Let's start verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. There it is again. Thanks, being thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another. So as we sing, we're singing biblical truths about God's promises and about who God is. And so teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then verse 17 is a part of worship as well. So corporate worship is crucial as well as your personal worship. But never substitute individual worship for corporate worship. We can be around people say, yeah, I'm out there. I'm worshiping the Lord as the sun comes up and the sun goes down. I don't need to join others in worship of the, of the Lord. Uh, that's not what the scripture says. But that is a part. We can worship God out there as we're working or in our offices. Some of us would rather be outside, but we're stuck inside sometimes, right? Or under that vehicle as we're working on a vehicle or in that kitchen as we're watching, washing yet another load of dishes or another load of laundry or mopping the floor once again. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Heartfelt worship is crucial. Heartfelt worship. Oh, I have the right verse down here. I don't know what I was looking at. Okay. But both private and public prayer is expected. Private and public worship is expected. And as we go back to the Ephesians passage, being filled with the Spirit, having the Word of God in our personal lives will help us to be prepared and willing and ready to worship the Lord. How many of you struggle on Sunday mornings after you've been up Till one o'clock in the morning or twelve oh one. Some of us made the twelve oh one. Some of us didn't. I did this year. I didn't want to, but I did because my mind would not just stop. You know, I was thinking about this and that. But the next day can be difficult. Come to church. We're yawning. The pastor puts something funny up. We don't laugh. <laughs> so it could be a struggle, right? Or you and the missus might just have a, a struggle about, you know, who, who left the muddy boots where. Or, you know, just this and that. Who was supposed to take care of the kid with the dirty diaper? It can be difficult, right? And so we have to be focused on the Lord. And it's okay with the bat coming into church, having a bad attitude, trying to deal with it. But deal with it. Be disciplined. And focus on the greatness of the Lord and let the truth of His Word encourage you and redirect your thinking. Not only for that moment when you're praising the Lord together, 
but for the next day, the next several hours, the next year. It's an opportunity, even if you don't feel like it, to come as you come to worship together. It's an opportunity to grow in godliness, but it, it, it can be a discipline for sure, right? Amen? The fourth key to, to growth in godliness is still this size, right? We're still, we're still doing good. Uh, <laughs> bold evangelism, right? That's a discipline. That helps us grow, honestly. That is scary for some of us, or all of us, to some extent. To tell people about the greatness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, what Jesus has done, right? But isn't it fantastic what Jesus has done? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is a power. It is a power of eternal life. Maybe I should go to the passage. I had this memorized at one time. But Romans 1.16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to everyone who believes. Salvation, to be redeemed, to be saved, to be forgiven, to have eternal life, to have your sins forgiven. But people need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and there are many who, who have not believed yet. And we have the responsibility to share the gospel. And it will, if we are willing to understand the gospel, try to grasp it in a way that we can put it into words to tell others, will help us to grow in Christ. Because it is stepping out in faith. It is. I love to be rejected. Right? That's why evangelism is so easy, because I love it. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? And, and we can tell ourselves mentally, oh, it's not me they're rejecting, it's the Lord, but, oh, that, that does hurt, doesn't it? And maybe they don't reject you, but it, it's frustrating when you, you think you've explained something adequately, and they don't get it. And so there's a lot of different emotions in that, but if we're willing to, to be disciplined about trying to share the gospel with others, not being ashamed of the gospel, knowing that it is the power of God for salvation for others, those who are to a lost and dying world, if we understand all that, we would take the steps to incorporate praying for someone to share the gospel with and being willing to step across those scary lines and, and change a conversation from the normal everyday to that of spiritual things and trying to help people understand what Jesus has done, not only for us, but for them. But we don't know how much time we have, so we need to be disciplined at praying about someone to share the gospel, and that's, that's a challenge. If you were to write anything underneath of that, first pray for someone, pray for several people, and then be thinking about how and when. And for me, I more often than not have pushed with my own flesh, pushed through and made the conversation, go to spiritual things, and then shared the gospel in a horrible way. But be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit, I guess is what I'm saying.
And even if you're like me at times, you forced this conversation and it didn't go right, God will still use it. And it opens up the opportunity for me next time to think, okay, this is what I need to change, this is what I need to do. But remember, it is the Holy Spirit who convicts the world of sin. Inevitably, it's in God's hands, but he's commanded us, the Lord Jesus has commanded us to share the gospel, and not just share the gospel, but also to make disciples, to invest in other people's lives so that they would grow in godliness themselves. But let your light shine before others. Don't hide it under a basket. Right? We sing that song, we have fun with it. Take steps in, in a powerful way. Try to take steps to show the light of the gospel to others. The fifth key to grow in godliness is stewardship. Stewardship. And to, to bring it back home to what I was speaking to before when I was holding up these calendars and talking about time, is know how to value your time. Know how to value your time. Remember that it doesn't take very long and we're a certain age that we're unwilling to share with others. Right? We like we have a lot of time, a lot of empty space, but we just don't know how much time that we have. But value your time. Ephesians five fifteen through sixteen says, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. The world needs, the lost and dying world needs the Lord Jesus. Make the most of your time. Invest in your spouse, invest in your children, invest in your parents, invest in your family, your nieces and nephews, your grandchildren, invest in your friends, invest in your community. And that just happens, right? No, it's hard work, right? It's difficult. Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on the things above. And so as we invest, as we value our time, we're going to be people who understand that eternity matters. And as we understand that eternal things matter, should help us understand what matters here on this earth and what needs our time. What needs our focus? If we walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh, then we're more apt to do do what we ought to do, and therefore we will be investing in the time that we have wisely. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, For he says, At the acceptable time I listened to you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And so... I hope, I trust, I pray everyone here has personally turned to the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, fully believing upon who He is and what He has done, asking Him to come into their life, 
have you. Don't wait another day to accept Jesus as your Savior. And don't wait another day to put him first and desire to do what he wants you to do. Because we're accountable to him for a time that we have. Time's too easily lost. But a challenge there, busyness is not necessarily the answer. We might have to stop and be quiet and think upon the things of the Lord. The, the key is to do what he has called us to do. To walk in the Spirit. Busyness is not necessarily the answer. Value your time by following Christ and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Okay, my, I'm starting to fit too much, trying to fit too much into that vehicle there. So we need to value money. That is, understand the right place of money, but also invest wisely. Value uh, any responsibilities that God has given us. And um, we need to press on in Him by persevering through any difficulties that come our way. Persecution can be the purifying fire of the church. Difficulties and, and problems and persecution in our own lives can be the purifying fire within our own lives. And so be willing to lean into God. Look at Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Nineteen. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is a habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Lean into God. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. God is with you. Walk in the Spirit. Follow him. And also in this passage, lean into other believers. Do not forsake the assembling together. Fellowship is important. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Are you having to persevere through yet another year? Lean into God and lean into other brothers and sisters in Christ. There's a lot more, right? But I think these are key reminders for us. It starts with prayer and Bible study. It continues with worship and being around other believers. So how are you doing? Can you evaluate yourself? So in evaluating yourself and where you stand, I think the fruit of the Spirit is essential in understanding where we are. Do you have the fruit of the Spirit? 
You know, our, our lives are like, a, you say, oh, I had a lot going on last year. It was pretty rough. It's, I filled up the pages. Remember, we're like a clean slate. Every morning that we get up, it's a clean slate. You have the opportunity to fill it in with the things that will please the Lord and will draw you closer to Christ and where, it will, where you will be walking in the Spirit where you have the opportunity to just let it kind of drift away and then where did the time go? Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would guide uh, your people in the areas that we're, we're struggling to understand where we stand or what we need to do. Help us to be able to clearly see uh, our weaknesses. Help us to be clearly uh, able to clearly see uh, where we need to make better commitments. Help us to have the time, Lord. And, and I understand many of us, and, and you know, Lord, that many of us have very busy schedules. So we ask you, Lord, for the time. We ask you to help us to carve out the time because it's not always easy to have time. Help us to carve it out to work hard at having time where we can grow in you, where we can focus on you and that which is eternal, where we can develop into being um, more like you, Lord. Help us to be disciplined. Um, So, Lord, I pray that each one as we go out this year will grow in godliness, that they would be more like you, and that they would be filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, um, proclaiming, Uh, your wonderful glory and grace in how we live and in what we say. In Jesus' name, amen. We have some youngsters come forward to take up this morning's offering, our missions offering. I think an important concept for us to remember, part of the perseverance is understanding even if things go worse than they did in the years past, we can and we ought to carve out time to spend with the Lord and to grow in godliness. It's not an excuse, but it's a greater reason for being disciplined in Him. Merle, would you pray for the offering, for our missions offering today?